0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. You made it through the snow. I'm so glad you're here. We are going to worship the Lord this morning. Have you come to worship the Lord? Chris is excited. <laughs> I am excited too. I'm actually going to have you stand, and we're going to. Um, I'm going to read a scripture verse, and I'm actually going to teach a new song. And I'm going to try to teach it a little bit before we sing it. Um, but it is a great song, and the song is called "Praise." But let me read this from Psalm 146, verses one and two: "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to God." while I have my being. This song that we're going to sing is called Praise. And I actually looked up the, the Hebrew word for the word praise, and it's the word halel, H-A-L-E-L. And I was thinking, you know, that sounds like the word hallelujah. <laughs> and it basically is. And then when I looked up the, the definition of what the word halel means, I was shocked to find out what it is. And basically it means to have a bright light or to shine. Isn't that cool? So when we talk about the word hallelujah, what are we doing? We're making the brightness of God stronger in our lives. You know, and I'm coming back to what um, Pastor Eric wanted me to do last week, and I'm going to show you this this morning here. Um, I have some lights on my shirt here. <laughs> Pastor Eric wanted me to wear this, and it's kind of fitting Because, you know, there's lights on here. You know, it's a Packers shirt, obviously. Um, But more than the lights of the Packers, we need to let God's light shine bright in our lives, right? So what I'm going to do is, you may have heard this song, you may have not, um, but that's all right. But I'm going to teach you the chorus part of it, and then we're going to sing it. And as you learn it, just join with us. So here's the chorus part, and basically it's Praise the Lord, O my soul. So, you know the words are ready, but it kind of goes like this. I'm going to sing it and then you can sing it after me, all right? Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Try it with me. Praise, praise the, Lord, the Lord, oh my soul. Again, praise, praise the Lord, oh my soul. One more time. Praise the Lord, Oh my soul. Pretty simple, right? So now the key is just to let God's light shine as we sing it. So here's how the song goes. Um, join with us as you learn it. You ready, Pastor Eric? He's excited to play drums this morning, by the way. <laughs> and I'm glad he's here doing it. Here's how the verse goes. I'll praise in the valley, praise on the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure, praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when I'm praise when surrounded. Praise is the water the Lord, my the enemy's enemies drowned in. As long as I'm breathing, breathing, I've got a reason to praise, praise the, Lord, the Lord, oh my soul. Praise, praise the Lord, oh my here's soul. Here's verse 2. I'll praise, praise when I feel it praise when i don't i praise cause i know you're still in control cause praise is a weapon it's more than a sound my praise is the shout that brings jericho down as long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise the, Lord, oh my soul. praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise the Lord, oh my soul. I won't be quiet, I won't be quiet, my God is alive, how can I? Try this bridge with me. I praise cause you're sovereign, praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the great. Praise cause you're faithful, praise cause you're true, praise cause there's nobody greater than you. Praise cause you're sovereign, praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the great. Praise God, You're faithful. Praise Praise God, You're true. Praise God, there's nobody greater than You. Praise the Lord, oh my. Is alive. How can I keep it inside? I won't be quiet. My God is alive. How can I keep it inside? I won't be quiet. My God is alive. How can I
2: keep it inside?
1: praise Him in your own way this morning. Oh Lord, we praise your name. God, we lift up worship to you. God, let your glory shine in this place. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Welcome to Hillside Assembly. We're so glad that you're here to worship God with us and learn more about him. Um, If you want to be seated for a little bit, you can. We do giving a little bit different at our church. Um, If you would like to give tithes and offering, um, we'll have a chance to do that after service. Uh, In the foyer on your way out, there's a giving box, and so you can do that, and you can always give online as well. Uh, And if you're a guest with us as well, we have some free gifts that we'd love to give you that are outside on one of our tables, and I'm going to have Pastor Eric share some announcements with you. Thanks, Adrian. It's great to have you guys here this morning. Thank you for braving the weather. Uh, We apologize that the parking lot was not plowed. We thought we had that taken care of. We'll we'll get that straightened out this week, Uh, so hopefully that won't be a problem in the future. Uh, Man, I'm so glad that you're here. Now, listen, there are not a lot of us here today. So we're going to have to have everybody interact. Is that all right? We're going to have a great service. Amen. Amen. Uh, We're going to have a great time. We've got ministry partner here with us, uh, Dan and his wife uh, from Change the Map. You're going to be you are going to be blessed today. Uh, I want to say, wow, last night, incredible. (laughs) Thank you for serving this church in our community. Um, We had an awesome time loving on people downtown. Um, we did uh, the windows. Nick and Michaela were Mary and Joseph. Um, and I always want to say, this is such a cool story. <laughs> Nick and Michaela were out uh, yesterday afternoon. They stopped downtown. There was some type of make your own cookie event. This gal had come in from Fond du Lac, and uh, she was praying because she just felt all alone. She was here in town by herself. She wanted to enjoy the day, but she felt so lonely. And she said, Lord, please make my day productive. And then she sat with Nick and Michaela, and they loved on her and just changed her life. It was so incredible. They invited her to come check out the windows. So she's going up and down Main Street, and she can't find them. She happens to stop and talk to me, and we're having this conversation. She goes, I was invited here by this couple. They're supposed to be Mary and Joseph, and I don't know where they are. And I said, would this be them in the window right here? And she's like, "Yes!" <laughs> she gave me a giant hug. It was incredible. Um, you know, my wife. We were we were out there. We were serving, We went through twelve gallons of apple cider in in an hour, and we were just given like little like double shot glasses. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, we had so much fun ministering to people, and then uh, this one couple or this one lady comes up and, and she goes, are you the pastor of Hillside? And I said, yes. Your wife, she has a sheepa, a sheepa. a sheepa. I'm like, a sheep doodle And she goes, yes, I love your wife. Is she here? And so I got Pam out because she was working behind the scenes and she came out and this lady gave Pam a hug. I thought she was going to put Pam right through the glass window. Um, it was just incredible that we're seeing an impact in our community and it's because you guys give and serve. So thank you so much uh, for being a part of that. And speaking of that, we could really use some help on the 17th. That's two Sundays away. Uh, After service, we're going to have a special lunch. We're going to spud the light, all right? Okay, listen, all right? Come on, that's funny. Uh, Spud the light. We're going to have a baked potato bar lunch. Uh, We're providing the baked potatoes. I think we have a sign-up sheet. If we don't, we will get one out in the foyer with a couple things that we're asking people to bring for toppings. And then if you could help us out by bringing a side dish... Uh, Some type of salad or a dessert. That would be great. We're all going to eat together and have a meal together. And then we're going to do a live nativity afterwards. Uh, And we would love for you to sign up and help. I know there's not a lot of people here today. Some of you have probably already signed up. But if you haven't, if you would consider doing that, uh, we would love to have some people be shepherds, wise men, angels. There's no speaking parts except for Adrian and Jeb. All right. So we're not asking you to speak. Uh, We are asking you to maybe sing uh, some songs. We'll have the words for you. They're really simple. They're Christmas songs. But we could use some people. to be Shepherds, Wise Men, and Angels. We also could use some people for the parking team. And we invited hundreds of people to come to this last night. So we really need your help, okay? Uh, So it's not Adrian and me and Hannah out there. So uh, if you can help us out, that would be great. You can sign up. Um, Before we move on with service, I just feel like God has asked me to do something this morning. Um, now I'm on a ton of medications from being sick. So I'm just going to blame being emotional on my medication. You don't have to believe me, but that's what I'm going to say this morning. Um, I've been sick for the last three weeks, uh, really bad. We think I probably had COVID three weeks ago. Uh, I have been really struggling since, uh, Wednesday night. I've been here at the office all this week on Wednesday night, uh, about an hour before service, uh, it became very hard for me to breathe. Um, and I couldn't talk, and uh, Jeff and Jackie said, you have to go to the emergency room, and so uh, I said no, and then they said, it's not optional, and then they called my wife, <laughs> and um, so we went to the emergency room, and um, and we're, we're in there, and I am really struggling, and they're doing an EKG, and uh, we're concerned. Now, I wasn't overly worried. I knew it would be okay, but it's just been a really tough season, just past 6:30 we're in that room and you could feel this warm presence begin to settle in the room and instantly this feeling like this elephant on my chest began to lift and i could breathe and i could talk and i turned over and looked at my wife and i said our church is praying for us i can feel it the doctor overheard us. <laughs> turns out he's a Pentecostal believer. And while you guys are having Bible study, we're having this in-depth conversation about how to reach this generation with the Holy Spirit <laughs> in the, at the hospital. And then we end up having a prayer meeting <laughs> at the hospital. Our doctor's praying for us. We're praying for the doctor. I've been talking to him the last couple of days back and forth by text message. God put us in the right place at the right time. And uh, so encouraged by this by this believer. If you ever get a chance to see Doctor Little, let me tell you that man is on fire for God. Um, and as I was thinking about that this morning, prayer works. And for for months now we've had this initiative, and I know somebody said, "Why is prayer with Pastor always in the bulletin?" Because it's the most important thing that our church does. We've asked you for the last several months to be praying. Take 30 minutes a week. We, we we here at the office. We do it at noon on Friday. You're welcome to join us, but we don't require you to be here. But if you take 30 minutes, and we've said, if you'd pray for these things, if you'd pray for the church, if you'd pray for our staff, and if you'd pray for our community, we will see God do great things. And this morning, I wrote these down just a few of the things that we've seen since we have started this. When we started praying, God led us to, the, to purchase six women out of sex trafficking in Guatemala. We had a missions team that went to Nicaragua and did incredible ministry. We've decided to build a house for one of our ministry partners, Helen, with the Helen's House Project. And we're in the process of doing that. You'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. We took on six special missionary projects above and beyond our normal missions giving this year. We fed 23 families for thanksgiving. We had eight water baptisms, over 12 salvations. We had incredible outdoor services. We've added 13 new members to our church with three pending members that we need to take a board vote on and a huge impact in our city. Those are just a few things, and it came because we prayed. And I want to tell you something. Those who have gone before us, The angels in heaven and Jesus Himself is looking down at our church saying, Go, this is what it means to be the church. But we have an enemy that has come against us and has thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, at our leadership at this church over the last several months. And it's just not me and it's just not Pam, but our staff has been under the gun and our board has been under the gun and they have endure they have gone through hardships and health issues robbie was in the hospital last night uh in the emergency room we didn't think he was going to be leading worship this morning um he's got a a a stone a kidney stone seven millimeters so we're going to pray in a minute and uh dan as you're preaching if you hear some pentecostal (laughs) stuff going on in the men's bathroom it's okay it's just (laughs) deliverance um But our board has really been under it. Our staff has really been under it. Um, I want—I want to say this to our leaders first. I want you to know that we pray for you, and it has been a very hard season watching some of you endure some very hard things. But I want you to know we pray and we cry out to God for you. And I was thinking to myself this morning and praying, and I feel like what God wants to do is He wants to do for you what He did for us on Wednesday night this was not planned. I've not told anybody about this, but I would ask our board members, if you're here with your spouse, if she's, if they're here, if you would come forward and our staff, if you would come with your spouse and just stand in front here. And I'm going to ask my wife to come join me on the platform. Dan, you had shared with me some things going on in, in your life. Would you come and stand with our staff and leadership team here? Guys, I'm just going to ask you to stand in front and and face the congregation. Church, I need you this morning. Would you come, love on our leaders? Would you come and pray for them? Would you come now? Would you stand to your feet? Would you come up here and would you begin to just pray? And you may not know any words to say. If you would just come and allow the Spirit to move through you and lay hands on those that are here, God wants to provide healing and love on these people who give so much to this church and pray for this church and serve this church in such incredible ways. Make sure no one is alone. If we can get somebody praying with Robbie too. Robbie, we don't want you moving. (laughs) Guys, this is what church is about. This is what church is about. Would you begin to lift your voice and pray for those people that are in front of you? Pray for their marriage. Pray for healing. Pray that God would do amazing things. Pray for the burdens that they carry, that the Lord would loosen them in His timing. That He would bless them and equip them. Lord, love on our leaders. Holy Spirit, love on our leaders. Lord, the weights that they carry begin to loosen them in the name of Jesus. Lord, empower them, heal them, touch them errors on the aqui la do do sander la
3: la la la
1: jesus
0: hiro would you pray over our leadership team here this morning
4: Father God, we come humbly before your presence, Lord, recognizing that, Lord, we need you, desperately need you, Lord, to empower us, Lord, to love, to serve, to obey you. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will take control of every aspect of our life, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the leaders of this church, Lord, that have been going on, on under fire, And in the midst of tribulation, Lord, that you will provide a way out, that you will strengthen their faith, Lord, so that they may believe, and that they will not be going in their own strength, Lord, because that's a recipe for failure, but they will go in the power of the Almighty. I pray, Lord, that you anoint their lips, Lord, to proclaim the good news, Lord, of salvation and deliverance to the people in this town and the surrounding areas. And I pray, Lord, even for miracles, Lord. We desperately need signs, Lord, of your power upon your church. And Father, may your name be magnified through their lives, through their faithfulness, Lord, to you. We will give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name.
0: We're going to change gears for just a minute. You can love on those leaders. Give them a hug. But we're going to swap it around really quick. If you're here this morning and you need a touch from God, I know many of you have been going through it as well. Leaders, don't leave. Don't leave the front. If you're here this morning and you just need a touch from God, would you raise your hand? leaders would you go find people that have their hands raised and would you just begin to pray for them and if everybody gets somebody on them that has their hands raised don't be a shy we're not going to embarrass you but if you need prayer this morning raise your hand and leaders just stretch out hands towards everybody else after we get everybody else covered here that has their hand raised lord you have been good to our church You promised us several years ago that, Lord, if we preached the gospel and we did our best to reach the lost in this community, you would resource this church. And you have been more than faithful to us. Lord, what you have started, you will see to completion. And we are not backing down now just because it's gotten difficult, just because it's gotten challenging, because we stand with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we cry out, Master, would you move on behalf of our church this morning? God, would you do miracles? Would you perform healings? Would you move among your people? Would you let them know this morning you are not alone, for the King stands with you in victory. Lord, we pray for those who have had surgeries that, God, you would bring healing to their bodies in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who have been sick that, God, you would bring health and healing. Lord, we pray for marriages to be stoked with a fresh fire and passion in the name of Jesus. We pray for our children that they might experience the power and the presence of God like never before in their lives and on their campus. Lord, we pray over our city what you you have started, you will see to completion. And Lord, while right now our world seems to be burning on fire, that Lord, I believe there are days coming for joy in our streets in ripping. that the hour of salvation and breakthrough is at hand, and that God, we will see many things happen in our city, and you will do it through your people in the name of Jesus. What you have started, you will see to completion. Lord, we love you and we love each other. Thank you, Lord, for making us a real church. not just in name, but Lord, we are church in indeed and in heart and in soul. Lord, may this be a house of love today, and Lord, what you have started, see it to completion. Lord, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth in this house today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And if you believe it, church, would you say amen? Well, who's ready to worship the Lord this morning? Can I just tell you one more time? I love you. I love you, church. It is our greatest privilege and honor to serve you as your pastors. We have the best staff and the best board of any church in Wisconsin hands down and we love you we love you we love you we love you if we're watching online we love you we love you and we're praying for you let's stand to our feet let's get ready to praise and worship go tell it on the mountain
1: anybody like singing that song there's a message in it got to share the light that god has given to us I asked Joe to come play with us this morning the harmonica He's got a little solo in this song got a little bit of swing to it <laughs> um, but let's share God's love as we sing it go tell it on the
2: mountain
1: over the hills and
2: Jesus Christ is born. While the uh-huh. sh-
1: continue to play. Just use your words, express your praise and worship to the Lord. Let his light shine bright in your life. God, we shine you this morning. God, you are moving in this To the Lord now just lift your voice tell him you love him give him praise
0: Came in a lot of us with heavy hearts, bearing a lot of heaviness. But I just believe there's a sense of freedom, of healing, of love in this place now. And Lord, I pray we're encouraged. Lord, thank you for meeting with us. We, Lord, we pray over the preaching of your word, which is about to take place. Let it touch our hearts, challenge our minds. Lord, do what only you can do. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. You can be seated. I think Jeb has one thing to say to us. Well, good morning, and do you know what time it is? Well, that's right, it's time for Kids Church. So if all our kiddos want to get up on their feet and head to the back doors there in the center, that's where Miss Jackie is. It is time to go downstairs for Kids Church. Let's give our kids a cheer this morning. Woo! I'll see you kiddos down there. Bye! Jeb's going to go on a book tour here uh, in a week and a half. He'll be reading the Christmas story over at Grace Lutheran Preschool. Uh, Two showings. So... He's getting to be a very busy guy. Um, how many of you are ready to be encouraged through the word? Already started. Oh, ho, 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 ho. man, you know what? There may not be a lot of us, but can I tell you the heart and spirit's good in this place today? Uh, Dan, we are excited. We're primed. I hope that you feel the presence of God in this place. Would you come and speak a word to us from the Lord this morning?
3: Well, good morning. good morning. It's a beautiful thing that uh, no matter how many gather together, right, uh, Jesus promises to be in the midst. And that's all that matters is that he shows up. And uh, I sense that he did this morning, for sure, already. And I'm very excited about being with you. Um, my wife Sandy is sitting right there, and she's excited about being with, getting here this morning <laughs> and being with you. <laughs> A little snowy, a little slippery, but you know what? Uh, I'm so excited that uh, if Jesus is going to show up, I'm going to show up if I can. But we understand some days are harder than others. But to all those that may be watching online, we just want to welcome you as well. Uh, Very excited about sharing what God has put on my heart for you this morning. But my name is Dan, and of course my wife Sandy, and just a little intro if I could... um, Uh, We uh, pastored Highland Church up in Stevens Point, Plover for about 12 years, and that's when God called us into uh, the mission field. I mean, our church was thriving, and everything was set perfectly, and I loved it there, and and it was just like God had us bring it to this amazing place of health, and then he said, I got another work for you to do, and so we said... We said, at first, maybe not, Lord, uh, because Burma? Where's Burma? Where's Myanmar? That's a long way away if you look at it on a map, and so we weren't sure. But God, God gave us a vision, and when God gives a vision, it's really His vision, but He entrusts it to us. And so He gave us a vision of a million souls coming to Christ in Burma in the Buddhist world through planting churches. And it was so much of a God vision that it motivated us to transition our church to really good godly leadership that we had raised up there and uh, to transition to the Assemblies of God World Missions as a career missionary to Burma. So very excited about that whole uh, journey. Uh, by God's grace and to his glory, we were part of a team that planted 70 plus churches where the church does not exist. And uh, it's, uh, the gospel is going uh, forth or forward uh, where the gospel has never been heard. And so that's a very exciting thing. Um, but after just a few short years of uh, working in that context and seeing God just move mightily, and it was like, wow, how, how could it get any better? We had a platform throughout the whole nation. Uh, and it was just amazing. And I was on a trip on a Honda 250 motorcycle, Uh, on the Burma Road up through the uh, jungles and up towards the Chinese border to do a um, to do a uh, conference there for pastors who had been praying for two years for an assembly of God pastor to come and teach and preach to them so this was a manifestation of their prayer I wasn't feeling the best my wife didn't want me to go until she heard that prayer and she said you're going so the So you have to see God's sovereignty in this. So it was like seven hours to get up there on this motorcycle. And it was through all kinds of horrible traffic and through the mountains. And had a great seminar. And coming on the way back, I hit a pothole with my motorcycle, kind of tweaked my back. And I could give you the whole testimony, but I will spare you uh, due to time. The bottom line is hitting that pothole sent me in to get my back checked out because I kind of tweaked a little muscle back there. And after a number of visits to an underdeveloped country's medical, you know, hospitals or clinics, I ended up going to Bangkok because I had a a seminar there to do, come to find out that I was diagnosed with the deadliest cancer on the planet, uh, pancreatic cancer. And so we were sent home to seek uh, treatment, even though they sent us home and said, get your house in order, because like 6% actually survive. So... And it was a 93% that I was going to, to die. And so we sought treatment and watched God do miracle after miracle. And it was just shortly after that, maybe six, eight months to a year, that the entire nation of Myanmar went into a civil war. And uh, a, a military coup uh, flipped the, the whole political system from trying to move towards democracy and freedom back to a dictatorship. And so all the missionaries were expelled at that time. And so we knew God had a plan. I mean, at the peak of our mission, you don't just like, what? Pancreatic cancer? I mean, I'm doing the Lord's work, right? I'm doing what God called me to do. We suffered to get there. And, and, uh, but we did watch God uh, do amazing things. And as of uh, this date, I've been told thousands are coming to Christ because those churches were planted and those church planters were supported by many churches in our district. And now we're seeing uh, so many come to Christ. And and even in the midst of civil war and the oppression that comes with evil. And you're hearing a lot about that today, aren't you? Just, you know, what evil can do and what evil does. And in the midst of that, though, God's light continues to shine. God's God's spirit continues to move. And even more so because we're finding out that a people group, which is still unreached, is being reached. So, I have to also just say, oh yeah, right? God healed me of pancreatic cancer. So, you can go ahead and thank God for that with me, but I stand before you, healed of the deadliest cancer on the planet, which goes to show you God's bigger than any word that begins with C, okay? Okay? Whether it's COVID or cancer or a military coup, it doesn't matter. God's bigger. God's more faithful. And God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives, no matter who you are, where you're at in your life, what level of faith you're at. God's got a plan for you. And you know what? The devil cannot short circuit that plan. Even though oftentimes doesn't it feel like where's God and all this? Where's God at in all this mess? Anyway, that's a long introduction. I'm starting to preach. That's the problem with getting in these Pentecostal <laughs> settings. It's kind of like, oh, man, I am revved up. It's so hopefully, okay, here we go. Just keep going. Don't even worry, right? True, do it. true, true. For all of you out there that are nice and comfortable on your couches, in your pajamas, and maybe eating some breakfast right now, just hold hold on to your seat because God is going to do something And he's going to do something for all of us this morning. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm thanking God. But, you know, it's in his plan that I'm here with you this morning to be able to champion what we call change the map. And, of course, this whole vision of changing the map of the Buddhist world is not like changing borders and such, but it's changing the spiritual map of the world. So will you pray with me as we delve into this a little bit this morning? Father, I know your Holy Spirit is already here. Jesus, you're already walking right now in the midst of your people here and those who are online and those who will hear this later on, you're going to and are even now moving. You're doing things right now, not only in the spirit, but you're doing it in the natural realm as well. And we're thanking you for that. Now I pray that you'll give me your your spirit to say what you want to say Lord. God, I just thank you that you are faithful to do that this very morning. Amen. Let me uh, play you a little video to kind of give you the context of what we work in and live in and what uh, missionaries on the field in the Buddhist world are up against. Let's go with that. We walk these temples, praying, taking ground by faith, speaking the darkness that it has to lose its grip on these people.
5: In the year 1813, Adoniram Judson, a missionary to Burma, looked over thousands of temples and pagodas and spoke these prophetic words. Weep over your falling temples retire from the scenes of your past greatness. The churches of Jesus will soon supplant these idolatrous monuments and the chantings of Buddha will die away before the Christian hymn of praise. Judson did not live to see the fulfillment of this prophecy. After 200 years of missionary labor, Buddhism still looks as strong and immovable as the fortress of Jericho did. The Gospel impact on the Buddhist world seems like small cracks in these walls that have stood for hundreds and in some places even thousands of years. Nearly one billion people live imprisoned by Buddhism and its demanding rituals. Places like Laos, Myanmar, and Vietnam are less than 5% Christian, with Thailand, Nepal, Cambodia, Japan, and others with less than 1%. Something has to change. As we circle these massive walls, we know that powerful, fervent prayer is the key to seeing them crumble. Focused intercession has the power to kick down doors, to break chains, to set the captives free. Will you march with an army of prayer warriors for the Buddhist world? Your prayers can change a heart Change a city, change a nation, and change the map.
3: As we look into the scripture this morning, I, I want you to also think about not just changing the spiritual map of the Buddhist world, but how these principles that are being employed To change the map of the Buddhist world will work for you here in your local setting. Because something does have to change. Something has to change, not only in our churches. Things need to change in our communities. Things need to change in our families. And even most important, things need to change in our own lives. And so I'm praying that the power of the Holy Spirit will bring grace upon grace upon grace that every mountain, every obstacle that's standing in your way to engage in what God is showing the church so that you can change the map. You can change not only the map of the Buddhist world, but change the map here at home. So I want to just take a principle out of Exodus chapter 17, where we read how the Israelites were coming out of Egypt and they were walking through uh, the uh, wilderness, and they'd run up against all kinds of troubles, right? Well, you know, the Red Sea for one, <laughs> and then they got hungry, and, and, and yet God was providing for them throughout all of this journey. But they were, they were also being uh, sniped or attacked by, uh, by bands of uh, uh, thugs and, and such. But they come up to a, a place called Rephidim, and Rephidim was, was, was the location of their, of their first major battle, major battle. And so I want to read that part of Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 8. It says, while the people of Israel, now I'm reading out of the New Living Translation uh, this morning. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men and go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the, stop at the top of the hill, holding the staff. Now put that in your, in, your, in your visual right now. Holding the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. And meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. And so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so that his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle that day. So, we have come to realize that in a hard-to-reach people group like the Buddhist world, something had to change, because... As you heard on the video, for over 200 years, 200 years, missionary workers and other organizations have been, uh, you know, building uh, schools and building churches and starting even some Bible schools here and there. And a lot of money has been spent in trying to reach this people group. But, but when you ask the, the mission workers, they're not winning. We are winning when it comes to reaching this people group it it continues to go unreached and as you heard in the video that it's like it's like the walls of Jericho you're just surrounding the Buddhist people and it's still standing strong until recently as we see prayer rising up to change the map. Let me just tell you a little bit about Change the Map. Again, it is a prayer initiative to raise 50,000 prayer warriors that will pray once a week for this uh, people group and its workers. And we see the need for that because there's there's like one billion people living in a Buddhist context. I mean, that's three times the population of the United States. And when you add the Hindu component to it, it's almost a third of the world's population. It still remains unreached. And it's only got a fraction of the percentage of funds that are actually reaching that part of the world to bring the gospel to people who have never heard it before. 85% of them have never met a Christian. We can't imagine that sitting here today in a nice comfortable place with a church around the corner probably, right? Or places that we can hear the gospel at random, or just tuning in, we can hear the gospel. But there, not so. And it's hard for us to put us in that con- ourselves in that context of darkness and what it does to people. And so our, our plea is to raise up 50,000 prayer partners that will say, hey, you know what? I pray at least once a week. <laughs> I'll add that to my prayer time, and we want you to join our prayer movement, our prayer initiative, and you can do that very simply by just scanning the code uh, out on the banner, or there is a uh, postcard out there that has the QR code. Your, I think your bulletin has a QR code, or you can just go to changethemap.net and join us, because what you'll get is not only a huge amount of resources that will help you to understand why the West, Western presentation of the gospel is just not being understood by an Eastern Asian people group, and so we have to bring prayer in as the priority once again and so we're hoping that you will sign up and join us because right now we're at about 4500 people that has said, yes, once a week, we'll include you. We will pray specifically, and we'll allow these prayer moments that will be shipped to your email once a week, or you can get it off the app. You could download Change the Map app, and you will get weekly uh, prayer moments where people in the field are leading you what to pray for so that we're all praying kind of the same thing at the same time. And folks, let me tell you, it's working. We're just almost at 10%, but not quite. we got a long way to go. But it seems like when you break that 10% barrier, there's a dynamic that happens. So we're really counting on you to be a part of that because our goal is to do the 50,000. But also, out of that, and maybe even right here today, someone says, you know what, God, here am I, send me. We're looking for 100 new career workers that will be trained to go and live and function in that part of the world reaching that people group so we're very excited but excited about that but something has to change and and I think you're all with me on that aren't you that man something's got to change <laughs> and change for the better change for the god the god side change for the good change for the church the effectiveness the effectiveness of the church we have to We have to do something different. We have to change tactics and that's what I want to present to you this morning that there's a tactical change that the Holy Spirit is breathing upon the church but if we continue to do the same thing the same way we're going to get the same results. Something has to change and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to give you grace upon grace to be able to engage in those changes and it's very simple. It's not it's not uh, complicated. And the Holy Spirit is breathing on that because he wants us to change the spiritual map of the world we live in. Certainly, we're talking about the Buddhist world, but he wants to change the spiritual map that you are working in, that you live in, in your church, your community, and especially, God help us in our nation, amen? You know what? I'm going to go on a rabbit here. Here it goes. There is no way that your vote, policy, or anything like that is going to change anything in the war between good and evil. It has always been God making those changes. God raising up kings and bringing down kings. It has always been God coming in and doing something amazing. And so the tactical change that we have to make is to do what he shows us here in Exodus 17, and that is to raise the staff to raise the staff metaphorically speaking it's basically saying we need to once again prioritize prayer in the church that it is the priority over everything we do that it is the thing that gets the most attention and the most time and if necessary the most money so that our prayers will go before God in concert with those around the world because everybody around the world is suffering the same as you just in a different context prayer changes everything it really does prayer changes everything so we need to raise the staff there's a book out on the table that was written by Mark Doreen called change the map it was the vision that was given to him he's a long time veteran uh, missionary in the nation of thailand and he writes this in the book missionaries and local believers are fighting on the spiritual battleground they're brandishing the swords of evangelism and church planting and discipleship making movements but they are not winning. You know I just I told Mark this myself I said Mark you, you're just brave you're a brave man who served 20 to 30 years I don't know what it is for sure I, I should know that but I don't over 20 years in that context and he was brave enough and humble enough to say we're not winning. I wonder if as the church we need to kind of say hey dude we're just—we're not winning. Something's got to change, and and so he goes on to say they desperately need intercessors to raise the staff of prayer to God on behalf of the Buddhist world. Now we know this is what needs to happen because in the 1980s, uh, a prayer initiative was was launched called the Juma Prayer Initiative, and the Juma Prayer Initiative, uh, as of I think last report, has got about sixty thousand. Prayer partners that pray once a week on Friday when the Muslims go to mosque. And they've been doing this since the 1980s. And you think, well, okay, great, but we still got a big problem, don't we? But what we got to see is what God is doing. You know, oftentimes we start thinking about what is man doing? You know, what, what, what are these radicals doing? What's going on here and what's going on there? But church, you need to get a different set of eyes and start looking at what God is doing. Because of that concerted prayer effort of the Juma Prayer Initiative, we know, we know that Muslims now are seeing visions and dreams of Jesus on a regular basis. And you want, you want to hear something very interesting? you know where the fastest growing evangelical church is today by conversion? You'll never guess. You might think, you know, Korea. Or you might think somewhere else, Central America, or whatever. It's in the nation of Iran, the most dangerous place to live as a believer, and yet the fastest growing conversions to Christ are happening in that nation. Where do you think that came from? Somebody was praying that the spiritual map would be changed in the Mideast. You know where the second fastest growing evangelical church is by conversion? It's reported that it's Afghanistan, the second most dangerous place to live as a believer. What is up with that? Does God have to take away our comforts? Does he have to put us in the midst of a civil war or a religious war or take away our pleasures or take away the things that make us feel safe so that we will get, that we will get serious with God? This is a serious matter that we face as the church. But God is about to wake us up like we've never been awoke before, if I can use that term. Awakening that's coming, that will bring us into power, that will bring us into seeing God do things that we have never seen before. And it's because we are going to make this tactical change in a church that is kind of just gone along things are about to change and so change the map prayer initiative is about gathering those 50,000 prayer partners that are willing to say you know what I can carve out 10 minutes a week and pray for the Buddhist world that's about five to seven minutes is about what those prayer um, moments are and they're amazing They will take you into a longer prayer time than five minutes. They're beautifully done by our workers in the field. So the tactical change is, church, we need to raise the staff. We need to raise the staff because I want you to get this. Okay, write it down in your mind. The staff is way more powerful than the sword. The staff is way more powerful than the sword. And we need to understand that. We need to to believe that. We need to believe that unto action. You know, faith without action is just, you know, you're just dead. It's, it's not there. But if we believe it and we act, that's when God moves. That's when God moves uh, on our behalf. So the staff is more power, powerful than the sword. And I think it was Oswald Chambers wrote that um, prayer does not fit us or equip us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Oh, wait a minute. We have all these other things going on. And they are important, but not as important. When the church begins to pray, hell is on alert. And that's why you wonder, you're experiencing some of the attacks that you're experiencing in this church? Well, because you're starting to pray. You're entering into the spiritual war. You woke up the sleeping the sleeping giant, so to speak. And he does not want you to continue. But God wants to encourage you as a church today that when you pray, you don't pray and then you're like unprotected. (laughs) When you pray and you begin to seek God and you begin to get serious about God, you're not unprotected. You're not like, you know, out there somewhere where every devil and demon can come and harass you and hurt you. No. No, not at all. You're going to go through trouble and trials and suffering no matter whether you're praying or not. (laughs) It's just the way it is. But I can tell you this, when you are, as a church, engaged in the spiritual war, the spiritual battle of prayer... God will move in grace, 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 that will bring every mountain and obstacle in your life down to a level ground. and any valley that you might be walking through, the valley of darkness or a shadow of death, he will bring it right back up because of grace, his grace, his favor, his love for the church, and the fact that he is active. He's moving among his people. That's how you want to go through trouble. That's how you want to go through trials. That's how you want to have to battle sicknesses is with a God that brings in the power of his spirit, the power of his presence, and lifts off the burdens, lifts off the sicknesses. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't always happen right when we pray. What does the scripture say? Mark eleven twenty four. it says, it says, It says, when you pray, believe that you've received it when you pray. So when you go into prayer, when you go into battle, you go in as if you have received it because God is faithful to his promises. Yes and amen. You go in as if you have received it. And what does the scripture say? And ye shall have it. You will have it. The problem with us in our American... Okay, I might be a little bit critical here, but our American lifestyle in our American Christianity is we want it quick we want it we want a microwave made life in God but Jesus is about leading us through the valleys and leading us on the on the mountaintops because his greatest desire for us is to trust him in everything and so I just want to share with you that God's grace this morning Is coming in load by load by load because he's going to call you to do things you've never done before and see things you've never seen before because you will have the greatest expression of faith. You know what the greatest expression of faith is? Praying to a God you can't see. Man, now that's faith. That's faith. Anyway, the staff is definitely more powerful than the sword. You know, Moses' staff. Moses' staff was, man, I mean, he did a lot of things with that staff, right? I mean, he brought the plagues against Pharaoh, which released released the children of Israel from slavery. That's pretty powerful. And then the staff was, what, right there at the, at the Red Sea, boom. You ever parted the Red Sea before? Well, Moses did with the staff of God. And then he hit a rock when they were thirsty, and on and on. But when they came to their first battle, which the church is in a major battle right now, We are at Rephidim. We're in a major battle. He held the staff up. He told Joshua, get out there in the valley and do whatever you can do against them Amalekites because that's a big army. This isn't just these little sideshows that have been sniping us along the way. This is a major army and they'd never fought a battle like that before. Church, you've never fought a battle like what is coming. But guess what? The battle is not yours anyway. The battle is the Lord's. How do we engage in the battle? Not going out there and trying to be some tough, you know, cowboy Christian, so to speak. We go out there clothed and baptized in prayer and the Holy Spirit. That's how you fight the war that's coming. Because this war is a war of lies. It's a war of darkness. It's a war of evil. And that's the only way you're going to engage this war. The spirit the spirit says that, you know, those those uh, weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. They're not flesh, they're not guns and bombs and Tomahawk missiles. The weapons of your warfare, believer of God, the weapons of your warfare is prayer, fasting, intercession, obedience, fearing God. He's going to engage us in that warfare like we've never had before, I believe. I believe that's what he's doing. As you're starting, this is going to be something that will grow. And we've been crying out for revival, right? All those things will come. They really will when we get this tactical change. So anyway, we talk a lot about prayer, prayer and praise are the very things that you're going to have to have active in your life, to be able to defeat the enemy. But how many of you know, as soon as you start praying, the old staff gets pretty heavy, doesn't it? I mean, just try holding your arms up for five minutes in the service. It's like, oh, I'm tired. And that's the way it is with prayer, isn't it? I mean, the best way to fall asleep is start praying. Come on, really? I'm right, aren't I? I mean, if you have insomnia, I just challenge you to start praying to Jesus before you go to bed. And it'll be about five minutes and you'll be out. No, I'm just teasing a little bit, okay, being a little bit facetious. But it's true. We grow weary pretty quickly when it comes to engaging in that battle. And so God wants to give us grace so that we can engage in the battle. So so we do pray and we praise and we fear God. Those are the three things that we have to have active in our lives as a believer to be able to make it through the wars and rumors of wars and the things that are happening in our nation and world right now. You want to be at the right place, in the right space, at the right time. And the only way you're going to be there is being in his space. (laughs) We want to be in his presence. What we sensed this morning, by the way. So when the staff gets heavy, we have to hold it high or call some others around us, right? Best way to pray is to maybe come right here with pastor. Get up out of your norm or get somebody else around you hold your arms up so you can pray. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Sorry. So, anyway, we do we really do need to we need to hold the staff high, but we also need to swing the sword. You can't have one without the other. It's not the way it works. Faith without works is dead. So, faith being an expression of our prayers, swinging the sword is an expression of our obedience to God, our action to engage the enemy in battle. And so, it's like, it means getting involved. If you're sitting here or you're listening online and you're not involved in the battle of what the church is doing, is it a battle to go do an outreach? <laughs> Half the battle is getting somebody to come and help you. But the other battle that you sense oftentimes is the you know, the battle of doubt. Is it really going to matter? Uh, the battle of fear. Man, I'm afraid somebody might see that I'm a Christian. I don't know about you, but there are times when I just like to say, uh, like Peter, you know, I mean, he just kind of like, I don't know that man. It's a battle when you reach out to your community. There's a war that goes on behind the scenes. It has to be won. And so we do have to swing the sword. We do have to get involved. We need to get involved in missions abroad the Buddhist world, for sure, but also in missions here, right here, outside your doors. Every person in this church needs to be engaged in the battle. If you're disengaged, you're going to be outside of what God is doing, what God is moving. And that can be just like, hey, being a part of taking care of kids in the nursery. That's a battle. That was my battle as a pastor for 12 years, staffing the nursery. Nobody wanted to be with those beautiful blessings. Anyway, so, you know, getting involved and being a part of uh, sharing the gospel. When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Because the Bible is very clear. It is the power of God unto salvation. And yet, how many times have we shared the gospel in the last year? We come to church. That's good. But are we being equipped by what we hear to go out and engage in the battle? Because I'll guarantee you, you just say, God, I want to share the gospel with somebody today. And I mean, all hell will break loose. Like, you know, you'll doubt in your mind whether you can do it. You'll be afraid of what they might think of you. And on and on and on. Do you see where I'm coming from? The church is going to be breathed on by the power of the Spirit to do things we've never done before or things that we are afraid of doing because God is going to give you a holy boldness, a courageousness of Joshua or to get in the valley and actually swing the sword rather than being on the sidelines. And so this is a call, a call of God to do something that you can't do on your own. You just can't, you don't have it in you, but God has it in you. He can lead you and guide you in all of that for sure. So swinging in the sword, reaching your communities, swinging that sword, being involved, raising the staff and swinging the sword. You know, One thing, when we reach out and we go into this battle, you don't want to go in the battle unprepared. (laughs) And that's what we do as American Christians. A lot of times we just go boom right out there and we start doing stuff, which is okay. God loves it. He's he's faithful. But we need to step back and we really need to go into prayer for that specific thing. So you got an outreach coming up. I think I heard. And you need to step back and say, okay, God, show us what you're doing. Show us where you want us to be. Bring the right people in. And then pastor, get on the phone and start calling them. <laughs> just teasing. So, so we need to be engaged. That's the part of raising the staff in prayer, swinging the sword in action. And you'll watch God do things you've never seen before. So, you know, I want to just give you a few a few testimonies here. And this next video, you have to understand this video representing uh thailand thailand has never had a move of god ever missionaries have been there for 20 30 40 50 years or more not to say that someone hasn't been saved here or there but never had god move and bring an awakening same with burma burma's got some churches burma's but they never had an awakening take a look at this video here just a, a massive move of God in the midst of an untouched people group. Thousands are coming to Christ. I heard over a thousand small churches have been planted in the last three to five years. I, I may have those off. Not too many. Years. People who were once Buddhists animus giving their life to Jesus do you see why the gospel's got to go to these people They, they have to hear there's no power without the good news this is happening in Myanmar not to this degree but thousands are coming to Christ isn't that awesome so thankful for that but in Myanmar I have a chance to uh, or the privilege I should say of uh, teaching uh, in a Bible school there and 60 students sitting in a classroom and they're just waiting to hear they're engaged waiting to hear and I get to teach them on the fundamental doctrines and after the fourth the fourth week after the fourth week I get a uh, I get a messenger with a video uh, of that classroom where the Holy Spirit just came in and filled the place. And they moved all of their desks and all of their chairs out and they began to praise and gutterly, gutterly come before God in a deep, passionate way and pray and come to the altar on their knees and repent of their sins. And revival broke out, he said. There's a revival among those believing students that I know is going to carry into the nation of Myanmar. And I was so blessed to be able to see that and witness that. And so many more coming to Christ through the church plants that are there. And I talked to one of the pastors up north where all, well, where this Bible school is happening. This is happening right just miles outside of it. This civil war is raging. They hear AK-47s cracking off. They see smoke coming from bombs that were dropped. And here they are in the midst of so much uncertainty. Where does God show up? Right there, smack dab in the midst of those students in that school. Bringing them peace in the midst of the storm. Bringing them hope instead of hopelessness. Oh my, do we need an outpouring of the Spirit? Yes and amen. So we're so thankful for that. One of of the pastors up north where it's really raging near the China border, he says, Pastor Dan, he always calls me Pastor Dan, because when I went over there, I went as a pastor. He goes, it's been very, very hard. Many people have died. Many people have lost their lives. But the Buddhist people, for the first time I've ever seen, are open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, after 200 years, why now? Because the tactics have changed. Amen. Prayer has become the priority. And now with just five, almost 5,000, I can't imagine what's going to happen when we see 50,000 people once a week praying. And and you know, I know I may be taking more of my time, Pastor, but um, at the peak of my ministry and mission, I had a very successful church, Highland Church in Stevens Point Clover. 400 plus congregants. Went handed that off in obedience to God. (laughs) Didn't want to. My wife didn't want to. But we said, Lord, if this is you, then you provide. And he did. I mean, he just provided. And and by the wind of his spirit, we find ourselves in a world we'd never been in before. And God began to use us to bring the gospel message, to encourage leaders, to bring a vision of a million souls to Christ. And they loved us. Anywhere you want to go in Myanmar, we will make sure you go. And then I hit a pothole on the way back from the China border to only find out that I had a deadly disease. What kind of God does that? That's what I thought. But we put into practice that we prayed first. Took my breath away. The diagnosis took my breath. I couldn't breathe. Seriously. It was like... (gasps) in a foreign land with a deadly disease and all of the thoughts and all of the where's God at all the theological issues that I was battling going in my brain because I obeyed God to do what he called me to do and I get this but I can guarantee you this God does not bring upon us what he can't take care of <laughs> and as we began to pray and pray and pray and others began to pray people were praying all over the world for us and as a result, God orchestrated our healing. He led us to the to the world-renowned pancreatic cancer oncologist and surgeon in the world right here at Freighter Hospital. We couldn't, we didn't know where to go. God did that. He showed us. And then we found out this thing would cost like a half a million dollars. Go through the treatment, go through a nine and a half hours worth of surgery and all of that stuff. It's kind of like, oh okay, this is over. This is all I felt like it was over two years of recovery. But you know what? If it wasn't bad enough, all the pain and sorrow and frustration that we went through, the insurance company said, ah, you know, it's a deadly disease. You're done. We ain't paying for any of that. <laughs> what? What are you going to do? What would you do in a time like that? Well, that's when you're really happy that you're kind of like got a regular connection with God through prayer. Because we prayed, they prayed, everybody prayed. And if you've ever heard of an insurance company saying, you know what, we're going to rescind that. We are going to change our minds about that. We will cover it 100%. Get out of here. That's how God works. When we have our priorities right, when our tactics are right, when the staff is being raised and the sword is being brandished, we will find God doing things that are absolutely amazing. So I just want to let you know that terror struck my wife and I with that diagnosis. But you know what? There's somebody that is at war against terror. I don't know. Can I have the, the, do you do any, like, you know, would that be okay? Okay. (laughs) Robbie, just do some. Bring us into the presence of the Lord in that special way you do. God bless you. Because here is what I feel God wants me to give. I gave you a lot of stuff already. This is something that was on my heart, and I had two messages. I was going back and forth. My wife will tell you this morning, back and forth, because I've been speaking a a message on God's war on terror. Because if there's anything that's coming against us as a nation, you know, as, as a church, as... As individuals, is that that the devil is terrorizing the world? That's how he works. He wants to put fear in your hearts so that you're afraid. You're afraid to do anything. First Peter five eight says that the that the the devil goes about like what a roaring lion, not a, not a, a kitten, not a mute cat, but a roaring lion. And the reason that is is because the the lion roars so that he can strike terror in his prey and make them afraid. Because you know what happens when they're afraid? They get confused. They freeze. They become paralyzed. They don't know which way to go. They don't know what to do. And then that lion just looks across that herd and he sees the ones that are confused, the ones that are paralyzed, the ones that are weak. And that's who he pounces on. And I believe the devil is moving like he's never had opportunity to move before. Through the media, through all of the social media that we have, through everything we view online, his his weapons have just expanded. And so much of what we hear and so much of what we see, does it bring joy to you? Are you happy? Are you at peace? Or are you terrorized? Is the enemy using fear? Has the devil declared war on you? Is he trying to terrorize you? Is he trying to paralyze you with fear? And doubt. And worry. See, that's the antithesis of faith. Faith can't move on. Faith is what kills giants. But when we're paralyzed because of fear, doubt, worry of what the future holds, we're uncertain about what tomorrow brings, and we're terrorized by what the devil says. Well, tomorrow's going to bring a civil war right here in this nation. And there's going to be Muslims running all over. And they're going to be killing you. I mean, that's, that's what I heard before. Sometimes that's what the devil's told me. But we're paralyzed by that. We're afraid to move out. We're afraid to preach the gospel, lest we might get, what, hurt? Or somebody might speak against us. And so we're paralyzed. Maybe you worry about this morning, or are in fear about your health, your finances, or the war in the Middle East, or all the open borders, and on and on. Maybe you're uncertain about your future. What tomorrow is going to bring? Maybe you're uncertain about whether if you were to die today, today was it. Would you be with Jesus? I'm not trying to make you afraid, for sure. Sometimes this is gripping but the Lord wants to minister to you if that's you this morning in any way. I just want you to think about that a minute. And if you would just make a step of faith and just stand up. You don't have to, but if the enemy's been tormenting you about an uncertain future or things that haven't even happened yet, right? Probably won't ever happen, but you still are afraid. (laughs) You worry about it. I just want to pray over you. I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to release you from that fear. And you know how you do that, right? You started out right this morning by praising God. You know what praising God does? It elevates God to his proper place. Prayer elevates God to his proper place. You know, when you pray, it's like lobbing a spiritual tomahawk guided missile right into the enemy's camp. You know what makes the devil afraid? You want to put a little fear back? You want to smack back a little fear on the devil? You just begin to praise and pray. Because he doesn't want to, God doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want to live afraid. He doesn't want you to live worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. But He wants you to leave this place with a confidence that God is God. And He is my God. And He goes before me. And no matter what comes across my path, God already knows the path. And He's got it figured out way ahead of me. How would you like to walk in that kind of peace in the midst of the mess that's in our world? Well, that's what will attract people to come to Christ. Will you stand? Just stand. I want the pastor to come back. We just bow your heads your hearts this morning. And if you're here and you feel that fear, that uncertainty, I'm going to give you a practical step of advice. Just stop looking at the news for a while, really. Make it that the least amount of the time you spend. <laughs> stop looking at the news. Stop looking at TikTok, Twitter, Flutter and Flip or whatever the other apps are. <laughs> Just stop it. Stop it. And begin to put your eyes, your heart and your mind on what God says about himself and about you. You're his child, he'll never let you down. Just like a good father and a good mother prayed for someone who's worried about her children coming to the Lord. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good mom. God is way better than that. Father, I just pray right now by the power of your Spirit. You will move and remove every fear, every worry, every doubt out of your children's hearts and minds right now. In this moment, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll move by your breath, by your wind, that you'll fill their sail with confidence and faith, that they'll raise the staff of prayer for the Buddhist world to change the map, but also to change the map of their own lives and their own minds and hearts. Right now, Holy Spirit, change our maps. Change our spiritual conditions in such a way, Lord, that as we walk out of this place, that joy will be the predominant emotion in our heart, that that faith will rise once again, and that we'll be the church that's bold and courageous and that we will not shrink back. But as Paul said to Timothy, fan the flame of the spiritual gift that I gave to you through the laying of on hands. Now fan the flame, church, whether you're here this morning or in in your living room or wherever, fan the flame of that spiritual gift. And that basically means to move something, do something, swing the sword and say, God, here I go by your grace. Raise the staff. Do something because, you know, you can't fan anything without moving something. God is moving right now. And he is delivering you right now from all fear. There is no condemnation. You are right where you're supposed to be. God loves you right as you are. He is ready to equip you. He is ready to give you the power to do things you've never done before, see things you've never seen before, and do it in peace. Amen.
0: Worship team, if you can come back up here to the platform. Uh, Dan, would you and your wife just come stand here? We're going to pray for you. As Dan was preaching, it was funny. I I had this vision in my mind uh, of this soldier. And I grew up in a military family, so I know a little bit about military stuff. But um, we have weapons that are designed in our military to paint a target with a laser, whether it's a soldier or another airplane, and they will designate a target that needs to be taken out. And what happens is they keep that laser. It's called painting painting the target. They paint the target. And what will happen is there will be a bomber or a jet fighter that will come in. They see that, that laser. They release that weapon, and it comes in, and it just decimates. And as you were preaching, I just saw the church praying, and we're painting the target. We don't have to destroy the strongholds. God has more than enough power to come and break through. Amen. And guys, I love this. Six months, six months, God has already put our infrastructure in place to change the map. We've already been praying for six months, saying we're taking 30 minutes. All we have to do is add five minutes to say five minutes of our 30 minutes. We're going to pray for the Buddhist people that these strongholds begin to come down can we join with these guys and say we're going to change the map amen do you believe it adrian would you come stand with me for just a minute we're going to pray for you guys can you guys just stand stand looking towards the congregation i know all this specific stuff they teach don't they teach us this in bible college we're going to lay hands on this couple we're going to pray we're going to pray over our offering as well and then worship team we're going to we're going to close the service today with praise Uh, We're gonna do that new song that Ravi taught us as you leave today. Lord, we just thank you, God, for this couple. Lord, there's a kindred spirit here, and Lord, we pray for, Lord, an anointing. Lord, as they share this powerful ministry, it's so simple, it's so simple. It's going back to the basics of what your word teaches. Pray, seek the Lord, for he is good, and Lord, you are wanting to do more. Lord, I pray, Lord, For the Buddhist countries and nations and people that are in bondage to these spiritual uh, just strongholds, that God we paint the targets. Lord, we pray, tear these strongholds down, the things that are keeping people from hearing the gospel. We pray that they would be torn down, that there would be a generation, that prophecy that was given so long ago by that missionary, that these temples would fall down and the praise of the church would rise in these nations. Let it be so. May it come to pass. And Lord, may you wake the church up to pray. It is not about magic words. It is about sharing our heart with you, our King. Lord, we pray for this couple. Lord, you have delivered them, Lord, from cancer, from other hardships you have provided. Lord, we know that there will be other struggles as they move forward. But God, we pray that, Lord, the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit would carry them everywhere they need to go that, Lord, I pray resources like never before would be deposited in them and their ministry, that they would have all they need and an abundance more. And, Lord, we pray that 50,000, that would come to pass. It would come to pass. Lord, we will pray as a church. We will add it to our time every week. We will pray against, Lord, these strongholds in the Buddhist world. Lord, we pray also over our offering today that God, you would bless it. Those who give, you would meet their needs in incredible ways. You, Lord, you would take what comes in, we'd be able to do more with it than we ever thought possible. And Lord, we pray a financial blessing over this couple today that, Lord, you would do everything that you want to do in them and through them and bless them in great ways. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. So you can give of your regular tithes and offerings. If you would like to give towards Dan, you can do that as well uh, in our giving box in the foyer. We also would love, if you want to take a Christmas picture, we're doing staff pictures today. Uh, Yeah, After we've cried, all the ladies are going to love me. You'll see our Christmas card this year from our staff, all the mascara running. Uh, But we're going to get our staff picture today. If you'd like to take your picture, I know Jeff is willing to take pictures on people's phones if you'd like to get a Christmas picture out there. But can we close worshiping together one more time? Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's do that together. Robbie, would you lead us one more time?
1: Still in control. Cause my praise is a weapon. It's more than a sound. My praise is a shout that brings Jericho down. As long as
2: I'm I've got a reason.
1: If my God is alive, how can I keep it inside? Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I praise because you're sovereign, praise because you reign,
4: praise because you
1: rose and defeated the great. I praise because you're faithful. Praise because you're true, praise because there's nobody greater than you. I oh, praise because you're sovereign, praise because you reign, praise because you rose and defeated the grave. I oh, praise because you're faithful, praise because you're true, praise because there's nobody greater than you. My God is alive, how can I keep it inside? I won't be quiet, my God is alive, how can I keep it inside? I won't be quiet, my God is alive, how can I keep it inside? Praise
2: the Lord, oh my soul.
1: You praise, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. God, go with us now. May we continue to praise and shine a light for you wherever we go in Jesus' name, amen.